difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah. We breaking chains over here. Yeah. And you can stay over there. And we're back once again, ladies and gentlemen, only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And joining me here, well, he's he's now replacing another guy for a fight. That's right. He's uh, back once again, short notice. Casca's excited. I'm excited. Well, he hopes to uh, keep building on that winning streak. I give you fighting on September 18th against Saul Rogers. I give you Georgie Carhockney. Now, Georgie, once again... Uh, Adam Piccolotti can't make it. You're repl- you are replacing him, or this time you're actually replacing him against another opponent. Uh, why? Why take a fight on this short notice? because uh, I'm ready. I'm uh, I'm always ready year round. Uh, my last fight, I didn't uh, suffer any injuries. Uh, the fight ended in the first round. Uh, I was injury free, and you know, and then I found out from Bellator I'm not in the Russia card. So I was like, you know what? I got to push them. So I, I let them, I was bugging them almost every day where I was like, anyone gets injured, let me know, let me know. So finally on last Friday, they call me, they're like, uh, Adam got cut. Uh, you want to step in and fight uh, Sal Rogers on two-week notice? I was like, yep, send me the contract. So uh, it, it took them two days because they had asked ask his team and then on Monday, I finally got the contract. So here we are. You know, I signed it, and I'm looking forward for next Saturday. So are you excited to fight in general or this also this particular opponent? No, I'm excited to fight in general. Uh, as a fighter, uh, this is what I do for a living. So every time I fight, I'm a very, very happy uh, individual. So uh and, you know, I'm in shape. I, I train year-round, like I said. So, uh, uh, even talking about the opponent, I think I match up extremely good with them. So, uh, yeah, I'm just very, uh, you know, looking forward for next weekend. That's good. I always feel, especially when it's short notice like this, it's always interesting when that happens. And you get pulled in, and you're like, all right, you know you're ready. You know you're training to make sure that in case something like this does happen, you can pop in at any moment. So when you do find out who the opponent is, what's the first thing that pops in your head when you find out who it is? Uh, well, uh, I obviously I, I do my uh, video tape studying because I'm going to be in the cage with them in there. So uh, I, I studied him. I watched all his Ultimate Fighter fights. I watched his last fight, two fights in Bellator, which was Matt Bernal and Daniel Weichel. And we were actually in the same locker room together when we both fought in the tournament. So, uh, uh, yeah, you know, I look him up. Uh, he's a pretty well-rounded fighter. He likes to uh, grapple, which I don't recommend him grappling with me. And, uh, you know, I, uh, if he likes to keep a standing, we, we'll keep a standing because I feel like my last fight, I did not get a chance to showcase my hands. And, yeah, I'm just, like I said, I think uh, – 55 is my division. I'm on a win streak, so I'm just looking to take this guy's head out. What would you like to showcase in this fight? What would we like what, ma'am? 
So what would you like to showcase in this fight? You were just saying that you weren't able to do a couple of things in the last fight that you wish you had. What would you like to do differently in this fight that you're able to just just let my just let my hands uh you know demonstrate how good my hands got so uh but again i mean if he turns into a wrestling match or if he tries to hug my legs and uh and do the same stuff then uh i'm gonna look for submission uh jujitsu is my uh first love and uh you know i'm a black belt in jujitsu so uh i feel very comfortable on my back i feel very comfortable just grappling or wrestling you're well rounded Excuse me? You're well-rounded is what you said. Yeah, yeah. You got to be well-rounded. I'm well-rounded and I'm hungry. And, you know, I'm the, I I love what I do. And I, I live this life. Like I've been saying this before. I live this life. And, uh, you know, I there's no like, oh, my God, two weeks notice. Oh, you're not in shape. You're this, you're that. that, that. None of that goes through my head. It just one thing goes in my, goes in my head is, uh, you know, it's it is my last fight on the contract. Uh, they did offer me to resign with them, and I said no. I want to fight this fight and then see what you guys offer me. So it's my 19th fight in Bellator, so I'm uh, I'm really looking forward to getting paid good. So I'll be four and one in lightweight division. So uh, hopefully they can afford me to keep me in Bellator. We're gonna go back to this in a bit. Take me back to the Kiefer Crosby fight because. That was an emotional fight for you. I know that you were going through. We didn't talk about it during the interview, but I know you're going through a lot. You know, your your former manager passed away. Who were very close to. Did you ever think, look, I need time to grieve. I need time to, you know, mourn. I mean, what made you take the fight? Even though you and him were very close, it was almost like family. It was that you know close. You and your your ex manager. So, how tough was that? You know, fighting him when you're thinking, crap. What's going to happen to his yeah, yeah. How, how do I take care of him? How do I honor me? Because, as you know, in MMA, you everybody, you know, these, some of you guys, it's almost like you, it is ride or die. You guys are literally brothers, even though you come from different parents. Yeah, yeah. You know, like you said, uh, uh, Kami was a, uh, he was a family. We, we spent a lot of time together, and especially in the five weeks when uh, coaches or managers go with you on five weeks, you, you get to connect with them in a different level where, no one knows you that good. So he knew me really good. He's the one that started my career. Uh, he was actually Cup Swanson's first manager. So that, that's how I met him. And and it was devastating, you know, with the way when we found out he uh, he was driving on a five freeway and he had an instant heart attack and he crashed and he died. So, uh, you know, uh, it's uh, I get emotional talking about him, but, you know, I, I uh I will do everything possible because he because he has a son that's one year old. So we're doing everything possible to take care of him and make him a good man, good individual. And I literally, uh, you know, every time I see him or I see uh, uh, Kami's wife Amanda, I, I I take care of the kid the way it's it's like my son, you know. And I will do it for the rest of my life because uh, uh, Kami's done a lot of stuff not just for me but even for Cop Swanson and. Uh, you know, back in the day, he used to manage Justin Levins, um, a lot, a lot of big names. And uh, it was very unfortunate. And, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was one of those things, a fight week, where I had to put the emotions in this in this box and not think about them, you know. And, and that's what you want to do as a fighter. You never want to get too emotional. And then Kiefer was poking me a little bit, talking all the smack. So 
that didn't get to me at all. It was just funny, but uh, yeah, I had to put all the emotions to the side and uh, and uh, fight by fight. How tough is it going forward, though? Because and I, I bring this up because we, I spoke. I remember speaking with Cody Stamen after he lost his brother, right? or uh, Linton Vassell after that tragic accident with one of the members over at uh, down over in his team, or Jorge Masvidal when Kimbo passed. You see reminders yeah. of this every day, so it's it, it's literally like almost you try to put it aside, but oh crap. There's a picture of me and Tommy when I got my black belt. Or, oh crap! There's a picture yeah, of me and Tommy. Yeah, yeah. For you, how tough was it? You know, just making peace and you know focusing on this fight. When it's like you see the reminders, and there's times I'm guessing you just go, "I gotta break down. I'm sorry. I, this is just too much. This is a piece of me is missing. I can't put it back." Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I have his. I have his picture everywhere. I have it in my house. I have it in my gym. I, I see the picture every day. Uh, the craziest thing is the day before the fight, after weigh-ins, that night, be, the night before the fight, I had a, I never have like very vivid dreams, but I had a dream. I saw him and uh, made me really emotional the night before the, before the fight. But I'm a very, uh, you know, I, I have my times, you know, where especially we listen because he was a big fan of you too. It was a group you too, so. Every time we listen to you too, we always think about him. And, uh, you know, there's some days uh, where he comes and goes. It's weird. Some days it'll be normal. Some days it'll just, uh, it'll just hit you out of nowhere. Or, or some, some mornings I'll wake up and I'm like, oh, I got to call Kami. I got to text him. And then I'm like, oh, shit, he's not here. So it's something as a, as a man, I got to grow with this. And it's, you know, it's going to make me a better individual. But, you know, I will always miss Kami. Well, I guess in that case, do you have anything for other people who have gone through something similar that you did something for closure? Because, you know, some people get to say goodbye to their loved ones. Did you do something in your own ways to say goodbye? Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, uh, I mean, his casket was open, so I showed up really early. Uh, I did not want to, certain people did not want to seem like that, but uh, I'm a I'm a little bit weird individual, so uh, I went there and I uh, I I've touched him and I uh, you know I broke down. I started crying, but uh, anyone that's going through loss like that, it just you know all I could tell you is just stay strong. You know it because uh, uh, sometimes we individuals get very selfish and we don't think about who's around us and we just think it's us us us. But uh, you know I have a big responsibility. I have my kids. My three kids and then uh you know i have uh it's also kami's son tyson so it, as an individual all i could do is just be there for them take care of his son make sure he grows up be a good uh good man and just you know just be there for him anytime he needs me i think that's really important i think that's great for also your fans to hear too that that's not only that you're a great fighter, but that's part of your personality and the kind of person that you are. And I, I think that's lovely because other people go through certain circumstances in their life, you know, that they can apply to what they're going through. Not only if it's something you know, athletically challenging, but personal as well. So I think it's nice that people can relate to that. Yeah, yeah, you know, just, uh, believe me, get, like I said, sometimes they hate you, but all we could do is just stay strong, you know? stay strong and just uh just stay positive and take care of all the 
all our families, whoever's around us, you know, family is a very important thing. Absolutely. So are your kids excited that you're doing the fight so quickly? uh yeah yeah they get excited <laughs> they're they're, uh, they're excited it'll, it will be on uh, tv this time it'll be on showtime so they're pretty pumped to watch it and uh and even all my students at school so they've been they're like why are you fighting so soon what happened what, why are you taking this fight what's going on they ask me crazy questions so i have to sit them and explain them what's going on <laughs> I would just be like, well, just cheer for me if you're able to watch it. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They all watch it and they cheer for me and they're, they're pretty cool people. That's pretty great. It sounds like you have a very good support group. Not only your fan base, but obviously the kids who watch you and who you teach as well. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Take me to that here, Coach, because as you said, you, you have your own children. You have now this, yeah. ado this adopted son in Tyson. And yet you have these other kids who, for better or for worse, you're almost as important as a parent. You know, your students who teach, the ones you work at. How much have you grown just as a person having all these people who are not related to you? They don't know you from, you know, Adam and Eve when they first started. And then now all of a sudden, you're almost like, you know, as important as their parents. You're, you're almost as important as their teachers because you're in their life you're teaching them you're not just mma and jujitsu but you're also teaching them you know how to be a, you know an adult how to be responsible how to be you know a stand-up person i mean how much have you grown as they've grown oh it makes me grow tremendously as, as, as a teacher as a coach as a fighter uh uh because i uh you know as, as a coach and as a fighter I read energies and, and I read a, a, like every single kid that comes into my studio. I, I could tell what type of individual they're going to be. And it's my responsibility as a coach to know how to push them. So it pushes me in a different ways where I work with every little kid differently because every, every little individual is a little different. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I'm really hard on discipline. I'm really hard on hard work. And I'm really hard on pushing the kids uh, to their limit. I mean, they don't do crazy conditioning, but when we wrestle or grapple or do jiu-jitsu, they know they're going to uh, push the limits. And I'm really hard on breathing, so a lot of nose breathing, stuff like that. And uh, I try to give them a little advice on nutrition, a lot of things, you know, because, uh, you know, them doing jiu-jitsu might open up different doors for them, you know. They, them doing martial arts, learning self-defense, uh, gives them confidence to do other things in life. And that's what I tell them every time. I like, I don't expect you to be pro fighters or jujitsu black belt, but this will teach you other stuff in life, like discipline, hard work. So if you learn how to work hard here, then working hard uh, in school or somewhere else wouldn't be a problem. Last question for what I thought you go, because we're, we're, we're out of time here. It's a big fight for you, as you said. It's very easy to pass Saul Rogers, because if you win – you can stay with Bellator, but use that negotiation to get better money. You can go to PFL, possibly UFC. I know that one championship is always looking for an American or even, you know, non-Asian fighter to go over and be a big name for them. It's easy to look past Saul Rogers, get tripped up. We've seen that happen a million times. Fighters either get the yips, they get sidetracked. You have a lot going on in your life here. Saul Rogers is a damn good fighter. So for you, how big is it to go, 
there's nothing in my world except Saul Rogers. I don't care about this or that or this or this contract. I got to put aside, you know, Tyson and his, you know, everything. I got to put aside my family. It is just for the next three minutes. I got to focus on this guy, Saul Rogers, who he wants to pee in the punch bowl and ruin my entire uh, plans. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just like, like you said, like, <laughs> you know me, I, I, I don't go in any fight under my estimate anybody, but uh, I, I am taking him really seriously. But, uh, you know, uh, as, like you said, this is the, it is my last fight on the contract. This is a big fight for me. And uh, I'm, I'm going to do everything to get another finish. You know, I, I like getting finishes. I'm not over uh, underestimating him at all. He's in a great team, Stanford MMA. He has good coaches, good fighters that are pushing him there. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I know what I'm getting myself into. And man, I cannot wait till next Saturday for my hands to get raised. Well, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I give you it is Georgie Carhockney that'll be fighting. It's gonna be Saturday, September 18th, only on Showtime. Uh, Georgie, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the website, the gym, and also who are the sponsors gonna be for this fight coming up? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram at Georgie MMA. Uh, the gym is at OG Training Center. And uh, sponsors, since it's a last minute so far, uh, I know it's going to be Sheath Underwear. They're taking care of me really good. Uh, Mad Rabbit, uh, Original Grappler, uh, Carnivore Fighter. Uh, but there's going to be a few of them. I don't know if my shorts are going to be high boost or virus, so we'll see. Uh, whoever wants to put the big dollars, then we'll wear the shorts. Georgia Carhockney, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are honored a pleasure to have on the show. We come back. we got a lot more going on here. Only on, it is Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. I want to thank once again my wonderful guest, uh, Georgie Carhockey. Always a pleasure to talk with him, MMA or boxing, and finding out what's going on with him. But now joining me here on the line, this man will be fighting. It's going to be October 2nd. It'll be UFC Fight Night. And well, he's hoping to make it two in a row now after coming fresh off win over Justin James. I give you from Factory X and all the way right now training out in Colorado. I give you Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae, so let's start off here. It's you versus 
a very game and a, a very tough opponent here. Uh, what do you know about him? I mean, when you break it down here, and when you've seen, you know, Mal, you know, James, Mal, you know, James uh, Malkit, Malarkey here. Uh, what does he bring to the table? Like, what makes him a good fighter, in your opinion? Uh, that he lost to some really uh, good people, you know. Um, some people may see, like, losing as a bad thing, but it depends on the person, you know. It could be a bad thing, and it could also be a, a, that thing that pushes you to go even harder. And um, seeing that he beat uh, Kama, uh, I forgot what was that, 45, 50, I forgot how long it was, but um, seeing his movement, you know, he he, he, he He's a game opponent, you know. He, he he's uh he's basically a zombie in my opinion, where he can he can take a hit, um, and he's he's very ready to fight. He can go uh, all three rounds if need be. So anybody can do that. He's a very game and dangerous person. It's funny MMA logic, and as I said, MMA logic. Well, James Malarkey beat Kama Worthy, who beat Devontae Smith. So therefore, James Malarkey should beat Devontae Smith. Uh, you and I both know that's a whole different thing, but how much do you take out of that worthy fight? Is there anything you can take, or is you do look and go, well, it was like my loss to Kama Worthy. Just he hit him with the right punch, and you know, that was basically it. Yeah, I mean, he got me. You know, I fought him. Uh, great game. <laughs> Ain't nothing I can really take from it other than what I took from it, you know, uh, and that's just get back to the drawing board and just doing what I need to do. Um, get to a better mindset and try again. But I mean, with Malarkey, I mean, is there anything you could take from his win over Kama Worthy, or is it one of those things where you look and go, yeah, he, he won by knockout, but it was, you know, early in the fights, 46 seconds, both guys are, you know, dry, they're cold, and well, it's just, it, you know how it is. It, first minutes, the day is dangerous, because it's just, whoever lands first, that usually guy wins. Right, um, no, again, it, it's, it's a fight, you know, so anything can happen, anything is, like, possible. Uh, just on that night, Kama is the one who got clipped, and you know, uh, Malarkey was the the victor in that battle. But you know, it's it's, it's the fight game. Shit happens. We'll go back to this fight in a bit. Take me back to your last fight. It was you, Justin James. First, how nice was it for you having that normalcy? Because you know, you and I talked off there, and 2020 was you know, 2021, about a whole year with the pandemic. It was a tough year. Shit, you know, went down. Fights got canceled. You're waiting for a fight because, hey, you have no idea when the hell everything's going to open up. So for you, how much were you – did you enjoy the fact when you – against Justin James that I'm back to normal. I'm fighting. You know, I'm doing something here that I actually love and enjoy doing. Um, truly, I, I didn't really focus on that. I was just more so like, I'm just happy to be back fighting. You know, like, I didn't really care to prove anything to anybody or, like, I didn't really, I really just, I was just in it for what I was in it for, you know. And that's just, you know, to win, you know, and to be to be the UFC lightweight Cleveland's next champion. And, I mean, nothing else really, like, mattered to me, you know. Uh, I appreciate Justin James for even taking the fight and, um, and, and coming in to, you know, do to me what, uh, I wanted to do to him, so um, I, again, I was just I was just happy to be back in the cage in my element. And ha so, take me to a Justin James win. Um, 
Did it, did, what went right? Did anything go wrong? And what is it like when you win by doctor stoppage because you've injured the guy so badly he can't continue? Um, I mean, I don't really see anything that went wrong because I won, you know, and uh, everything went right because I won. So everything was all good. Uh, to win by Dr. Stoppage, I mean, I thought it was cool. You know, I, I haven't had one of those. I think I, I haven't had one of those before. So it was just a cool new, um, um, cool new move, a new fatality, you know, if, if you will. Um, how nice was it, as you said, getting back in your element? Because I'm guessing for you, like after the first six months of a pandemic, you were just chomping at the bit going, okay, I want to get back to fight. I want to get back to business. I want to get back to work. I'm sick, I'm sick of, you know, you know, pizza, Netflix, video games. That's cool for like a month, but you know, I got to get back to work. Yeah. How were you? How much were you going stir crazy during the pandemic? When it's like, okay, there's no fight on hand. Just get me in a cage. I don't give a crap what fight. Just give me a goddamn fight. Um, no, but none, none. I mean, I had those moments, you know, but I couldn't. Maybe for like the first month or so. But during the pandemic, most of the time, you know, I was recovering. <laughs> excuse me, uh, from um, the Achilles injury. So I was like, I was out for like a year and some year and a half. Um, so like, you know, obviously I say for the first, yeah, three months, it was, it was that way, but it was like, I was feeling that way and I couldn't do nothing anyway. Cause I was in the cast, I had to learn how to walk again. I had to go to PT, I had to do all these things. So uh, once the pandemic hit, it was, it was just another day. And then I started, you know, being able to walk without a cast or a boot and, I was able to start running and so um, the training again. So I was just, I was just happy, grateful and thankful that um, I was able to walk again. Cause that suck, bro. You don't, you don't know how much you need your limbs until you can't use it. So. What was worse for you? The, the physical problems you had, where as you said, you, you know, the, well, fit pain in the, you know, when you're trying to walk pain, when you're trying to, you know, get your muscles back and all that, or, Mentally, when, as you know, the mind's going crazy. Going, oh crap! What happens if I can't ever walk? What happens if I can't fight ever again? What happens if I have to walk with a cane? God damn! I'm too young for this crap here. Uh, what was it for you? How did you just, you know, rehab not only physically but mentally? Go okay. I'm trying to get through this. I'm gonna walk again. I'm gonna fight. Don't worry. There's no phantom pain. This is just part of you know the muscle strengthening. Yeah. Um. I mean, again, man, I'm an athlete, so I'm gonna have those feelings, you know where, you know, you, those emotions come out and you get really anxious and you just want to move. And when you're used to exerting that, that extra energy through physical, you know, uh, combat, and now you just got to sit down and, like, everybody has to help you, like, you know, bring your food, make sure you're good, you got to get your crutches. It's just, it's a lot. It's, it, is, it is a lot. But, you know, after a while, when you really like uh, just accept you can't do something or, or control a certain situation and you got to make uh, make best of that situation or make it benefit you, you know, you start seeing the good. So, you know, I start really relaxing with the family um, and just really enjoying the time off because I know when I start training, I go, you know. So just having that time off and 
gradually getting back into it so where I, I found that love again, you know, because you, you can get burnt out. But, you know, getting back into it at my pace so where I can find that love again, it just uh, it just worked out. It just felt right for me. Everybody thinks it's great, you know, when, when everybody's, you know, taking care of you. As I said, you when you're injured, you know, they're helping you out, you know, get your food, they're helping you with rehab. Casual person, you know, but the, actual, the average person, oh, that sounds great. You'll be hand and foot. For you, how tough was that, though? Because after a while, you start realizing, I, I just want to be an adult. I, you know, I can wash myself, goddammit. You know, I can I can get to the fridge. I'm not a baby. You don't need to hold my hand. I mean, yeah. what was the worst part about you, as you said, having everybody helping you and you going, goddammit, this is just, this sucks. Yeah, basically that, bro, like, not being able to do it yourself. Now, sometimes it's cool, you know, when you, you be, you're feeling lazy and you ask for help and they help, cool. But, you know, the second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, you know, 50th week, it's like, dang, all right, man, because everybody look at you as like, and I know it's, it's good attention and they just worried and they care. So, but it just, they just look at you like, you know, just a, a wounded animal, which you kind of are, but it's just, it just doesn't feel right when you're the person, like, uh, the, the strong one, if that makes sense. So, um, you know, but once I got over it, you know, it took a while. But once I got over it again, I understood that I couldn't control the, that, that situation. So I just made a, made a, I don't know, just thought positive, positively about it, you know. Last question on this before we move on. It's one thing to be physically healthy and be ready. And we've and I've talked with many of athletes who physically they're back. And then mentally start, you know, second guessing everything, like, is my leg okay? Is my eye fine? What happens if I get, you know, punched again? Am I gonna lose my vision? You know, will I get crippled again? I, I feel this, you know, pain on my arm. I'm not sure. Maybe I have, you know, the doctor did do well. How long did it take you to go and be able to practice and not think about that? Not go, oh shit, is my leg okay? If I was fine, I'm not sure here. I might need a timeout. I mean, like, when did you when did you go? Okay, I'm just gonna practice and not worry about re-injuring yourself. Maybe a year, year or some change. I like I, I took my time. Like I was hard headed once, but after 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 that stupid situation, uh, I, I sat down. You know, so. Um. Yeah, nah, man. Uh, it 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 is it is what it is. It took me it took me about a year, but it got to the point where it's like, well, oh, man, I'm, I'm I'm going to fight again. You know, I'm I'm going to fight again. So um, I had to get over it. But working slowly into it at a good pace, I had the confidence to do it. You know, I didn't just rush in as soon as they were like, oh, well, we kind of think you could do it. Like, no, I, I waited. I took my time. I took my time. I took my time because that's not fun. When, like, I can't, when you can't do anything, you can't walk, you know, you can't move the way you want to move. Nah, that, that does not feel right. I'm cool. I remember when, that, when I ruptured my Achilles and they told me it was ruptured and I was, like, trying to move my feet, my foot. And I thought, like, okay, stop overreacting, bro. Like, move your foot. I could not move my foot. Like, it was the weirdest feeling ever. It's like a disconnect. It's like it's not moving. That, that's not fun. So I, I made sure uh, I moved at the right pace. 
money's always a big issue when you're fighting MMA. A lot of people, you know, you're not making the big bucks yet. So sometimes people who are doing now different things. We've seen some fan, you know, some fighters, you know, using websites, some are using OnlyFans, some Twitch channels. What do you do? I mean, is there a part of you that's going, you know, I I'm gonna, I want to make some money on the side. I want to be able to have like an old nest egg here I can build off. So have you, because of everything that's going on, have you started to like look around and go, you know, yeah, but I need to get a YouTube channel or I need to get, you know, my own Twitch channel. Have there been any ways that you've been going, okay, I want to, you know, make some money while I'm not fighting? Uh, yeah, I got, so I got a clothing brand called Ten Toes and I also have an MMA show. Uh, it's out already. It's got a YouTube page as well called The Traveling Circus, which just shows like, you know, the more of an inside story and a background of like what I do when I'm not fighting because, you know, if I'm not training, I'm not in Colorado. So um, uh, basically showing, you know, also like the Cleveland uh, MMA scene and then going to different places. And then, you know, like now I'm in Colorado. I got my guy uh, Congo out here. We shooting the show as I'm in Colorado. So, you know, uh, everybody, you know, the viewers and stuff can get a, a better look, you know, at the show. What is that? So how did you come up with that idea? And how much time do you spend on that? Because it sounds easy, but I'm guessing it's a lot more difficult because, you know, you're doing editing, you're putting it together, you know, you're trying to find, you know, good stories to tell and everything. How did you, how did you come up with it? And how much time do you spend on this project? Um, so, you know, my, like I said, my, my videographer, uh, Congo, man, like, you know, we real, real cool. And we talk a lot. And he always tells me, you know, I need to, you know, make a, make a show, like, put this out. I'm a very private person, so he's been trying to convince me to do, you know, something of this nature, you know, and I've always had, you know, before I came out to Factory X, I had a, basically was on my own team, you know, and I named it uh, The Traveling Circus. It has a funny background, but uh, The Traveling Circus, mainly because before, again, before I came to uh, Factory X, I used to travel from Cleveland to Pittsburgh, uh, um, every day, every day after work, uh, train train at different gyms, uh, go to all different play, all types of different places in Ohio just to get sparring sessions because you know either in my area people were too small, too timid, uh, didn't really take it serious, so I would had to go find you know where all the work was at. You know I had to go find where uh, somebody would push me. And, and take me to that next level. And uh, I finally, you know, one day just agreed to do it. You know, it just it popped up in my head. I'm like, this this sounds like a really good idea. Uh, and we've been doing it for about, for, for a minute now. Uh, probably half a year. But uh, yeah, it, it, take, it takes some time. It, ta- it takes hours because you got to – I learned so much doing a uh, show and being behind the scenes, you know, uh, being with my dude Congo and just learning how much work it takes to, to shoot it, to, to get the right – the filters, the, the look, uh, what we're doing, what's the message, and then the editing. You know, I, I usually stay up all night with him at his house, and we just edit it. You know, uh, just just for hours. We don't stop until it's done. Sometimes, you know, we we uh, I go home because I'm like falling asleep on the couch. I'm trying to I'm playing UFC four, and he editing because I'm just trying to stay awake. And uh, but on the days like that, I'll go home, 
go to sleep, wake up the next day, and come to his house in the morning. And we get back to editing and you know planning stuff out. It all comes down once again. It's October second, UFC Fight Night, Walker Santos Malarkey versus Devontae Smith. Uh, how much do you feel this fight's going to be even much better for you now that you've had that first fight under your belt where you met, you know, you were able to fight, you weren't injured, you everything, you know, felt better. How much do you look to this fight and go, I'm going to be a whole much a lot. It's going to be a whole much a lot better for me because I am now just finally done with the injury, finally done with second guessing. I am now ready to get back on my horse before, you know, this all happened. Uh, what I'm thinking is like, it's it's just another day. <laughs> like is this nothing like is nothing more more than my last fight or nothing less. Like he is a I will say he's younger, he's more aggressive, he has more to bring to the table, all respect to Justin James. But he's just another he's just another day. It's it's just another day. And, you know, um focused on you know what I need, what I need to be focused on you know that's that's too much um, extra stuff you know keeping it simple just another day uh, I'm excited for the fight uh, I'm excited to, 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 to I'm excited to win I'm excited to do what I need to do and you know I'm excited to move forward There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I give you all the way from Cleveland, Ohio, now fighting in Colorado for his training camp. I give you it is, well, the man who's returned from nearly uh, MMA death in a lot of ways. I give you Devontae Smith. Uh, Devontae, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is the Twitter page, Instagram, the YouTube channel? Where can fans hit you up at? Okay, everybody get a pen and paper out. Okay. It's K-O-E underscore. K-I-N-G-K-A-G-E-U-F-C. Now, when you put in K-O-E underscore, you'll basically see, like, a, a family. And, and it's sad that I got it, like, explained like this. Or you can just put in my name, Devontae Smith, you know. But I uh, appreciate everybody, you know, who's going to tune in October 2nd. And uh, all my fans, all my new fans, and I'm just ready to get this dub, right? Devontae Smith, ladies and gentlemen, once again, we are, check him out. He's going to be fighting on UFC Fight Night Santos versus Walker September 2nd, only on ESPN+. Plus. Check your time on local listeners for details from the UFC Apex in Las Vegas, Nevada. We come back. Got final thoughts and a lot more only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.
And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the Alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And I want to thank my wonderful guest, my co-host, uh, Koska Akashova. Always great having her on and be able to talk to her. And when she has the time, she's the best co-host I've ever had. Plus, we had uh, Georgia Carr Hockey. He'll be fighting short notice once again, replacing Adam Piccolotti this Saturday on... Bellator 266 and Saul Rogers main card. I'm looking forward to that fight. And good luck to him in his final fight of his contract. Plus, we had Devontae Smith of UFC fame will be fighting October 2nd UFC Fight Night Vegas once again at the Apex Center. And good luck to him and looking forward to seeing him bounce back after a tough road for him and physically and mentally. But we'll start off here with this week weekend's um, just debacle. Complete debacle of everything. I, I love what I love covering boxing and MMA. The, the athletes are fantastic. The action when it's on is great. But this weekend made me wonder why the hell I'm a fan at times. We'll start off, of course, with uh, Oscar Valdez beating uh, Rafael Gonzalez. Colisio, which was, he fails a drug test. I mean, he literally fails a diuretic, which prevents you from, you know, a lot of people say t- testing positive for steroids, also from, you know, for not, you know, gaining weight. He had no excuse why he couldn't take it. And yet the air, the uh, commission just, the Native American commission said, yeah, we're going to, we're hosting the fight. We're keeping it going. WBC didn't follow through, even though that testing was their idea. Balder went through with it, even though he didn't even let his other fighter know that Valdez tested positive. And you look in, and you, uh, thank God Tim Bradley was the only person who brought this up during the broadcast and took Valdez to task, but you just look and you go, what the hell is going on? I mean, really. Why even have rules then if you're not going to force it? Why not just tell every, every fighter, hey, you know what? Just get on roids. Take drugs. We don't give a shit. You want to kill each other? Yeah, fine. You know, as long as you don't do it in a ring. Yeah, we really don't care. That's that's the boxing mantra right now. But we'll see. And then Saturday hits and you have the whole... Uh, Belfort versus Holyfield you have... Anderson Silva versus T. Ortiz. Both are mismatches. And you could have told that through both fights. And I don't know why... You know, one got, you know, hyped up of the other being a mismatch. You could you could have told somebody that Ortiz versus Anderson Silva is going to be just a huge mismatch. Thankfully, got knocked, he got knocked out in the first round. He didn't take a beating. So that's the only thing you can say about Holyfield versus Belfort. Thank God Holyfield you know, knocked out quickly and they waved it off quickly. And, and then last but not least, Combate America in a welterweight fight. Or them a light heavyweight fight for women because 170 pounds. Ashley Williams takes on this uh, woman. And when I say uh, 
as a transgender male. So it's Fallon Fox all over again, except at a bigger weight. And Combates is celebrating it. And what bothers me is that VMA media also sort of celebrated it. And I'm going, so we're celebrating now the fact that we're doing sideshow fights. We're celebrating the fact that we're letting men literally compete against women. That's what we're doing now. Yeah, it's, and I just I just sat there this week and going, man, it is tough being, you know, a fight fan at times when you see that crap. It is just so damn tough. Because when you see Alana McLaughlin, who is still a dude, take on and beat Celine Provost, I mean, you could literally tell the difference. I mean, the one was McLaughlin still looks like a guy. She's built like a guy. I'm, I don't even know where to go. I mean, I'm just, I just sat there and went, why am I a fight fan after all this? Why do I still love this sport? What, what made, and it gets tougher to answer that question sometimes when you have fights which should never happen. And they keep happening. Let's face it, it's going to keep happening here. When you have fighters, you know, missing weight and just, no, we're still, still going to fight. When you have freak shows like this, and you just sit there and you go, I don't know what, you know, why I like this sport more times. It just, you feel like you're part of a, of a carny circus. And I'm not saying in a good way, but hopefully this weekend's fights make me go back to being a fan of, of sports. But, I don't know, I got to wrap this up. So, once again, I'm glad football is back. I'm glad you, you know, 9-11, you know, the, for the most part, a lot of beautiful tributes. And my heart goes out to anybody there who lost somebody during that horrific terrorist attack. Keep your head up. Hopefully things get better. That's all I can tell you. But, uh, once again, you're listening to its last call. Last call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.